This is the Commission Church Online. Welcome to our podcast. We want to be a church who brings heaven on earth through the word of God and the love of Christ. I pray this week's message blesses you. Open your Bibles, Matthew chapter 5, and we are going to verse number 8 today. Uh, we're, making, we're making slow progress but some powerful progress, okay? Uh, slow progress is good because we get some time to park, think about some powerful concepts. And days like this, where, or days like last Sunday, where we get to just talk about one of these amazing things, it's life-changing what, what God can do in our lives uh, through the study of the Word of God when we study themes and word studies like we're doing today. Uh, the Bible talks about the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, the Beatitudes, uh, the word Beatitude simply means blessed. That's what it means. It means fruitful, bountiful. There's so many words associated with this word Beatitude. Uh, they are attitudes that some people would say they are attitudes that we as Christians should have. All right. The word Beatitudes comes from the Latin word Beatitudo, which, is, which also means blessed or bountiful or blessing. The Greek word makarios, as Jesus uses it in, 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 this, in this particular passage, so to speak, throws light on how a blessed life is and how a Christian can be blessed when he or she does this and this and this and this. So for the sake of context, I've not done this before, but I want to go all the way to verse 9 and we'll read to verse number 8. Seeing the crowds, Jesus saw all the crowds as fans and he departed, he went up the mountain and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. So this is a teaching just for the disciples, just for the Christians, just for the believers. Verse 2. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Verse 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Verse number 8 again, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Would you pray with me? Father God, would you speak to us this morning? Give me the ability to teach this word, God, like you taught it to me. I pray that it will make a profound eternal impact on lives and families and individuals, and I pray that not one person will go back the way they walked into this place. We thank you and we praise you. Speak to us. Holy Spirit, give us understanding. Give us wisdom. Give us the ability to understand and take what we need for this week and to, to make changes in our life and live a life that is transformed under the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said, amen. The human heart will have beats an average of around 122,400 times every single day. All right? None of us want to ask our hearts for a break, for a day off, for a coffee break. All right? No one wants the heart to take a break. Doctors understand that the heart is critically important to our physical well-being. It is so important that doctors have developed the Ten Commandments of Heart Attack Prevention. 
the Ten Commandments. Are you ready for this? All right. Commandment number one, thou shalt stop smoking. Thou shalt stop smoking. Commandment number two, thou shalt control thy blood pressure. Three, thou shalt reduce dietary cholesterol. Four, thou shalt reduce dietary saturated fat. I don't know about that. The Bible says the fat belongs to the Lord. <laughs> oh, man. Five, thou shalt reduce dietary sodium. Six, thou shalt lose thy apple-shaped fat distribution. Seven, thou shalt increase time to relax. Eight, thou shalt increase soluble fiber. Nine, thou shalt eat fish three times a week. Where are my pescatarians at? Anybody? Okay. Ten, thou shalt increase aerobic exercise. All right. I don't know about you, but I hate exercise. I think it's from the devil. Each of these beatitudes are pretty straightforward about what God asks us to do and the blessing that we receive from the Lord if we do those. Somebody aptly put it that these are attitudes that every Christian should and must have. As these qualities and characters of Christ are developed in our life, Jesus actually promises us that we will be at the receiving end of blessings that are un unsurmountable. What do the poor in spirit receive? They will receive the kingdom of God. We go down the list. What, do, what about those who mourn? They will be comforted. What do the people that are meek receive? They will receive what no one in this world can take away from them. The meek inherit the earth. What about those who hunger and thirst for righteousness? Jesus says that we will be filled. And last week we said, what do the merciful receive? They will receive mercy. And today, likewise, the pure in heart are also given a promise that they will see God. I want to title my message this morning, Is Your Heart Pure? Someone say, is your heart pure? Look at the person sitting next to you, right and left, and say, is your heart pure? See, I don't have much trouble understanding that. I don't have much trouble understanding, hey, this is what happens if you do this. From when we were children, those were things that were taught to us, all right? Children will understand that. The promise has a condition. Hey, I will do this if you do this, or if you don't do this, this is what happens. My seven-year-old is old enough to understand, but that by the time I call her three times in the morning to wake up, the third time a splash of water will get on her face, right? <laughs> That's how I grew up. It was a bottle of water for me, but I'm showing grace. I'm showing mercy on my little one. If you're going to receive a promise, we must understand the condition of our heart is critical. In Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23, the Bible says, Watch over your heart, for from it flows all the issues of life. This is a profound verse if we only take some time to understand how important this is to the Christian and how important it is to our heart. You know, I often bombard you with the Greek or the original language. In Greek, the word pure is the word kataros. Kataros, which literally means free from dirt unsoiled. 
It is also used to imply no purities. There's absolutely no impurities inside of that water, so to speak. It's like gold that is, that is free from all impurities. Katharos will also mean genuine as opposed to fake or false, unmixed, unadulterated. It means having no double allegiance. It's not having my feet in two boats. It's not this and that. It's not God and mammon. It's not the world and Jesus when it benefits us. It's this word called integrity. Integrity in heart. Integrity in soul. Integrity in mind. The word integrity comes from the word integer. And everybody that knows basic math knows that integer is a whole number. It's not a fraction. It's not a 5.22. It's not a 5.02. It's a 5. Be it a minus five or a five, it might be a zero, but a whole number is an integer, not a fraction. The, big, the basic idea of integrity is singleness of heart, something that can stand by itself without the support of anything else. So if we put these definitions together, a person with a passion for purity or for the person that seeks purity or the Christian that makes sure that purity is important to them is, is one who has been cleansed in his character so that the way he looks in public is the way he is in private. I'm going to repeat that. The one who has been cleansed in his character so that the way he looks in public is the same way he looks in private. You're just like Jesus even when no one's watching. That's what integrity means. That's what being pure in heart means. We're not talking about a good beating heart. We're not talking about a no stents heart. We're not talking about any of that. We're not talking about a blood vessels being clogged. No, no, no. We're talking about a heart that is pure from the inside out. That has to show in your personality. That has to show in the Christian character. Like Tamara said, when other people look at us, do they see Jesus shine and radiate through our lives? And what is the promise? The promise is this. Those who possess purity in their hearts, they will, shall see God. Someone say will. Someone say shall. It's a promise. It's a surety that says if you can get your heart right, if you can get the condition of your heart right, if you can work on your heart, if you can work on what your heart looks like, the possibility of seeing God is amazing. That kind of scares me to one extent. When I read the word of God, the Bible looks at the people of Israel and says, not one person will see God. And we'll talk about it in a second. He looks at Moses, his servant, and says, man, you will not see my face. He looks at, God, he looks at Moses and says, Moses, what is it that you want? And Moses says, there's one thing that I want. I want to see your face. And God looks at him and says, man, no one has ever seen my face. That's how scary it is. No one, this, this is level of purity. But the Bible promises that. It says, man, if you're pure in your heart, the promise is that you will see God. This word pure is this, if you, if you, if you go back to it, the, the word kataros is this future, in, it's, is in future indicative tense, which means people with a pure heart shall continuously see God work in their lives. It's not just a one and done thing. It has to be an attitude. It has to be a way of living where you're like, man, if my heart is pure, it's not I'm going to see once and I'm done. It's I'm going to see God at work in my life every single day. That's what it means over here. And if we can understand this, that is that the, 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 
pureness of the heart shall experience intimate fellowship with God on a moment-by-moment basis. And this is what I wish we can understand today. When we walk in purity, God will give a spiritual sight to see him at work inside of you. When your heart is pure, man, everywhere you look, you will see God. That's what this word means. That in every circumstance, you will see God. In the ups and in the downs, you will see God. When, when, when people curse at you, when people put you down, you will see God in that. You will see God when, when people try to help you and when people are trying to lift you up, you will see God in that as well. You will see God when people try, you will see God when people try to tear you down. You will see God even when God closes a door. Come on, somebody. You will see God when a flight is canceled. And when everything inside of you says, man, this cannot be God. The devil is a liar. Oh, come on. How many of you have been there before? You want to blame the devil for everything. But purity in heart looks like you look at every situation in life and say, thank you, God, for this closed door. Thank you for this flight being canceled. Thank you for this bus being canceled. Thank you, Lord, because I missed the train. Thank you because, Lord, I did not get that promotion. This sounds radical, but purity in heart is giving the best that you have and giving all credit to, to God and saying, God, in the ups, in the downs you give, you take away. It doesn't matter. I give you glory in everything. You know when your heart isn't pure? Your heart isn't pure when you always see the negative in your circumstances. You always see that neighbor as bothersome. You always see that neighbor as difficult. You always see that coworker as somebody that's just, just that, that God put in your life to just tear you down. And come on, somebody, you, you understand? What like, you're like, ah, oh, why does she have to exist? Lord, if only she quits her job, I will be 100%, Lord, sold out to you. Lord, just take care of my manager, Lord, would you please? Can I give you the simplest way to put this? This is the transliteration. If I was to give, be given an Osher's translation, it would sound like this. Blessed are the pure in heart. They will only see God. They will only see God in everything that they do. Blessed are the pure in spirit because every situation in their life, they will see God. Even when people scream at them and lose their, come on, the, you, you see God inside of them because it's a divinely orchestrated. And like, like I said, this is going to be hard for some people to understand. But pure heart is different from a clean heart. See, clean heart is, is a good conscience. Pure heart is something else. Pure heart has no place in it other than God. That's what a pure heart is. A pure heart is, no, I, I'll give the world a little bit of my heart. I'll give the world a little bit of my mind. And the rest of it is for God. No, 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 no. A pure heart is, Lord, everything is yours. I refuse to see bad. I refuse to see anything. I, I refuse to give the devil the credit that he doesn't deserve. Come on, am I talking to someone? Some of us give the devil a lot more credit than he deserves. Like, he does not deserve a majority of your time in your life, in your week, in your day. Someone's focused so much on the negative and what the enemy's doing that we have less time to focus on God and his goodness. But a pure heart is looking at every circumstance in life and saying, glory be to God, thanks be to God, because in my ups and in my downs, in my pain, in my sorrow, in closed doors and open doors, I give glory to Jesus. Mm. the ability to see God's beauty in everything and everyone is a pure heart. And I'm, I'm really talking to somebody today. 
If you look at Psalm 84 and verse 5, the Bible says this, in, in our heart is the highway to Zion. That's what the Bible says. In our heart is the highway to Zion. What does that mean? Zion is like the highest point. Is where we live and we serve God. That's what Zion means in scriptures. Zion is a city of refuge. It's a city of holiness. It's a place of meeting. It's a place where we meet God face to face. And the Bible says, our heart is the highway to Zion. Highway, what is a highway? Highway is a path of quick access. That's what a highway is. A highway does to you what, what, what otherwise you would have to navigate and go through circles and hoops and, and, and here and there. But a highway gives you quick access from one city to the other city. And the Bible says, man, the heart is the highway to Zion. What does that mean? In worship, through a pure heart, we have access into the presence of God. So many of us don't enjoy, don't enjoy the presence of God in authenticity because our hearts are not pure in the presence of God. We cannot get into the, the presence of God. We cannot worship authentically because, because we're unable. There's this, there's, this, there's this gap that we don't see oftentimes. And I want to I make this clear. This isn't a, when you finally get your act together, you will see God. This isn't a, man, you have to be perfect to see God. This is where I want to draw that. I, 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 I want us to understand this. It's not a, you got to get your life. You, you got to be perfect. You got to dot all your I's and, and cross all your T's. You got to live a perfect Christian life. No, no, no. That's not what this means. I want you to understand this. Then what is it, Pastor Ashish? The clearer and purer our heart becomes, the greater clarity there is to perceive God. It's our understanding of God. It's our understanding of who he is. When we have purity here, we have perception here. Am I talking to somebody? Our inability to see God and see his plans and see his ways in our life is our inability. Come on, am I talking to somebody here? This this heart is important when we have purity here. When we see God in here, we start seeing God through our eyes. And for a lot of us, We can't do that because of things that hinder us. What was it for the people of Israel? There was this cloud in the wilderness. You remember that? And God told his people, man, my face was in the cloud. Yet what? I did not allow you to see my form because you are an idolatrous people. That's what he told them. He said, my face was there. I was in the cloud, but I did not allow you to see my face because you were an idolatrous people. Because what would you have done? You would go immediately after seeing my face. You would go and you would create an image after the form that you saw. So it would be a, let me worship this form instead of worship God. I need to talk to some people today. Illness of heart is what sharpens my, my perception. I, I don't even know if, if it's yieldedness, maybe. I, I don't know if that's a word at all. But yieldedness of heart is what sharpens my perception to receive God and allow him to do a work in my heart. Perception has everything to do with your heart. And remember, if that's the case, the devil has everything. He is invested in destroying your heart, stealing your heart. The enemy will affect the circumstances in your life to change the way you think to affect your your perception of life. And if he can affect your thinking, he can influence your heart. I'm talking to some people. Go to Matthew chapter 12 real quick. I'm going to read a few verses. Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 to 35. Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 to 35. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. 
for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, Jesus is being very nice to these people. And he's saying, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. Jesus is asking the question. He's saying, man, how can you speak good when you're actually evil? Authentic. That's what the integrity. It's not I'm here, I'm this person here, and this person here. Like a majority of the Christian world struggles with this one thing. And we will not see God unless and until we are authentic people. I want our church to strive to be authentic people. You know why a lot of people struggle to become part of life groups? Because they cannot be authentic. They cannot be held accountable. They are not okay if somebody asks them, hey, what's going on with your life? If somebody knocks on your door, for somebody to hold, no, 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 they, they want to shield themselves from that. And I, and I want to encourage us today. A lot of people will not meet God because we don't have authentic hearts. <clears throat> See, some people try to change their heart by what they say. Just watch, watch what you say. You can't be saying that in public. You can say that in private, but you can't say that in public. How many of you have been there before? Hey, you can't, you can't use those words. We can breed a culture of vulgarism. We can breed a culture of foul mouth. Like, we, we, am I talking to somebody? But it's not okay for us to put it on television. It's not okay for so-and-so of influence to say it. Because if they say it, you, it's not okay for the president. It's not okay for the cabinet. It's not okay for the pastor to say It's okay as long as it's a part of the culture. Oof. But we breed this and we're, we're promoting this culture of being fake of being impure in our hearts. And Jesus is driving across that point. He's saying, if you want to see me, and, and seeing is not a, a physical meet eye to eye thing. It's a see him in your life. See him at work in your job. See him at work in your own life. See him speak to you through the word of God. See him on a regular basis. Like, are you able to experience a tangible presence of God in prayer? If you're not, check your heart. Ask yourself, when have you been authentic last? When have you been real because here's a world that tells you, you can be this here, but you can go out there and be something else. Oof. I'm going to preach today. And just to be wrong, it's, there's nothing wrong with you know, watching what you say. It's not wrong to watch your tone. It's not wrong to tone down your harshness. That's not what I'm getting at. We talked about meekness just a few weeks ago. It's, it's important to do that, but it shouldn't be fake is what I'm saying. It's not a, hey, this is who I am, but I'm going to do some fake meekness and I'm just going to, no, 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 that's not what I mean here. I don't want you to get me wrong. You see the sense the problem with this? If you don't sense it, let me tell you, here's the problem with this. If my heart is filled with corruption, if my heart is filled with bitterness, if my heart is filled with hatred and anger, y'all, my proper speech, my eloquent speech is just a form of discipline. If my heart is filled with vulgar and corruption and bad thoughts, ooh, what? This is the inside. This is what I am behind closed doors. 
But the moment I come out, when I shield it, when I, when I, when I brush it up, when I, when I, oh, come on. Mm. It's just a form of discipline. I discipline myself every single time I close the door behind me at home. I'm supposed to be somebody that I'm not. We're experts at it. How many of you have church clothes? You know what that means. How many of us have a church face? You're crying, screaming at each other in the car as soon as you pull into the parking lot. All right, everybody. Everybody, you good? We good? We're about to see Pastor Ashish in two minutes. Have it together. I don't care. You can walk into these rooms screaming your head off at one another. Hey, this is the place for authenticity. This is the place. You could come in here with a sad face and say, Pastor, we don't have it together. The problem is we don't have altars filled nowadays because we don't have authentic people that can say, there's something wrong with me. I have a health issue, Pastor. I have, I have a heart issue, Pastor. I have a mind issue, Pastor. I have a grudge, Pastor. I have an anger, Pastor. I need healing, Pastor, kudos to people that do that very often. And I know who you are, but then there are the others of us who will sit back and you're okay. You're okay with being fake. And Jesus is like, you will not see me. You're not going to have an audience of one. We're not going to. You can't be fake with me. I always talk about God and Adam and Eve in the garden because it all started there. Jesus shows up and says, where are you? And he's like, I don't want to come to where you are because I don't want to come and act like everything's okay because you've covered yourself up when you don't need to. I want to meet you in the place of authenticity. Come with your sin to where I am. This is our meeting place. Am I talking to somebody here? He doesn't say, you're there? Let me come to you. He doesn't say, oh, you sinned? Let me come and address. No, he says, it doesn't matter if you sinned. It doesn't matter if you fell short of the glory of God. You still have an audience with me. You still have the power to come into the Holy of Holies. You still have the power to come into the presence of God and say, God, here I am. And I will still show up. I will still say I love you. I will still say you are loved, beloved. And there is a plan of redemption. But you have to come to the cross. The cross doesn't come to you. Can I keep going? So if my heart is filled with corruption, bitterness, hatred, and anger, my proper speech is just a form of discipline. It doesn't change this. It changes this. It puts on a front, but the, the core issue hasn't been addressed as yet. Am I talking to somebody? Because the Bible says that for the out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You can be in a bad mood. Like I said earlier, you can be in a bad mood, and you can discipline yourself to say the right things. How many of you on that work call? All of us working from home, you're on the work call. You're biting your... your I wish I could just give them a piece of my mind, but I got to be professional right now. <laughs> but when crisis comes, you're going to say what's in there. How long are you going to put up that... Am I talking to somebody? Like a lot of us have Christian cuss words. I'm not, I'm not going to say them, but... We, we have them. We stub our toe and we're like, oh, 
I'm not going to say anything. I'm not. But you stub your toe in the same place 10 times, and what's really in your heart will come out. Some of you are like, Pastor, two times. Not, not 10. No, no, not 10. I can't wait for 10. <laughs> How many of you know what I'm talking about? Oh, she hurt me once? Okay, okay. It'll, ta- it'll take a few days, but I'll get over it. I'll, I'll forgive them. Two times? Forget it. You are blacklisted. <laughs> there is no redemption for you. And for me, it's, it's, it's funny because I, I feel like there are special moments in our life that God creates where God enables us to see what's in there. <laughs> Have you been there? And God's like, surprise, Ashish. You think you had it together, didn't you? But let me show you your heart. Let me show you who you truly are. And the Bible says if there's one person here that says you are without sin and you sit on your high holy horse and say, no, that's not me, pastor. I don't know who you talking about. The Bible says you're a liar. That's what the Bible says. But here's where we have to be careful. So many of us have written ourselves off because we think that's who we are. Uh, that's who we are, pastor. You got what you get. That's, that's who I am. But here's, here's, if you're not careful, you take a dysfunction and you'll call it your personality. I'm going to say that again for those of y'all who are looking at the ceiling. Uh, sometimes, if you're not careful, you will take that dysfunction and you'll call it your personality. That's just who I am. It's not a problem, Pastor. That's just who I am. No, that's a problem. That's a you problem. That's just not a thing that came flying out of nowhere and just stuck on you. That's a heart. Someone say it's a heart problem. If you take dysfunction, it calls your personality. Man, you've created this safe place for your dysfunction to grow. You've created this, this, this safe haven of sorts. We have, lock, we have a lock on it. We have a, we have, we're like, you know, stay here. It's okay. I'll defend you. I'll support you. No matter what happens, you dysfunction are going to be protected by all means necessary. Because that's just who I am. No. When we do that, we're trying to protect what God is trying to deal with. We're trying to lock up what God is like, come on, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That needs healing. That needs deliverance. And we're just sitting back and we're like, oh, we're good. We're good. I'm, I'm going to protect this at all costs. The pure in heart are genuine. The genuine are authentic. They're real. The genuine is not a counterfeit or a hypocrite. The pure in heart have no impurity, mixture, no division within their heart. A genuine heart is a pure heart. But the problem is a lot of us walk around, being a Christian means you're pure. Like it's a given for a lot of people. Oh, I'm a Christian, I'm pure. I'm, I'm, I'm the best there is. It's like these three bottles of water. Give me those bottles, baby. And these three bottles of water. You know, there, it says purified water. That's what it says. I don't want to get into the semantics of it. Some of you all know exactly what purified means from spring and spring from clear, whatever the, the, the jargon is used. But I have three bottles of purified water. Okay? Somebody want to help me? Anybody want to help me? Come through, Beverly. I have three bottles of pure water, purified water. You want to take a sip of this, Beverly? What does it taste like? <laughs> kind of sweet. Sweet. Hmm, interesting. All right. <laughs> it's um, let me hold it. 
does that look pretty good to you? That, that looks like water, right, Bev? It's definitely not. It does. That's okay, let's, let's try that. What's that, Beverly? Salty. So, okay, but it says purified water, yeah. right? Yeah. It looks like water, though, yes. right? Yeah, okay. It definitely does. What about this? Don't worry, I'm not poisoning anything, okay? okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> It tastes like water, right? It's, that's authentic water. Okay. But it's crazy. Thank you, Beverly. Appreciate your help today. But it's crazy how all of them come packaged as purified. Trust me, I, I did something to it. You're like, ah, blah. I roofied all of them, okay? Just, just. <laughs> I was back there putting salt into some of them, and Lisa was like, Pastor, you okay? But you get what I'm saying, right? Like so many of us, we walk into church and one look, ain't nothing wrong. Praise God, glory be to God, brother. Blessed, too blessed to be stressed, brother. I'm anointed, highly favored from the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Blood of Jesus. Come on. We, we have all the Christianese. People look at us. We want them to see us as purified water. But once you allow them to take one sip of you, Come on, am I talking to somebody? Oh man, I thought you were this. But suddenly they lose the, no matter how thirsty they were, no matter how depraved they were of God, the moment they had that salty water that looked like the real deal, their experience of God completely changed. Without your knowledge or without my knowledge, we meet hundreds of people day after day, week after week that will not meet Jesus because they just take a sip of our lives. And that could be how you behave, how you act, how you talk, how you handle some situations and circumstances in your life. But because you were not authentic, they will never ever meet Jesus. And why is that a problem? Is because... You claim to be somebody that you really weren't because you never really met, you never really saw Jesus in your alone time because your heart wasn't pure in the first place. So when your heart did not start in a pure way, there's no way you can put on a pure heart to the world for them to receive the goodness and the grace of Jesus. So this beatitude could be translated, blessed is the man who is genuine in heart who is authentic, who is not phony, because such a man or a woman will see God. Now, what does that mean? It, it means one is pure. It means one is holy. It, means, it doesn't mean that one is perfect, like I said. It doesn't mean that we have it all together. It just means that we strive to be clean. It means we'll take our mask off. We'll quit being phony. Worship team, if you guys want to help me out here. We quit, we quit pretending to be the person that we're not. We become honest to God. We become honest to ourselves. We become honest to each other. We strive to be pure in heart. My heart rejoices when I'm able to sit across the table in some of our life groups and our, and our groups and, and, and be, be authentic and be real and say, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. This is what I'm dealing with. Can you pray for me? Can you come alongside with me? I'm struggling with this as a father. I'm struggling with this as a husband. Can you come alongside with me? Being authentic is allowing your heart to be healed. 
by the Lord, but here I am locking it away and locking up those emotions, locking up those feelings day after day. And Jesus is like, man, there's nothing I can do about that as long as you cover that up. Nothing I can do about it. Hmm. You know what Matthew 15 says? It says this, but what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart. We've heard this before, right? You don't spit it out unless it's done something in your heart. It just didn't come out of nowhere. I didn't, I didn't mean to say that. No, you did. It came from your heart. It proceeds from the heart and, and this defiles a person. Someone said defiles a person. Makes the person impure is what the Bible says. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts of murder and adultery and sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander. This is what defiles a person. Very clear. Black and white. Hebrews 12, 14 and 15 says, Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. For so many of us, it's bitterness, man. We can go to the same church, yet have bitterness in our heart towards people because they said something, they looked at us a certain way, they did something that's unforgivable. But you know what the Bible says? That the nature of bitterness, it doesn't just defile the carrier. It defines everyone in the radius of the carrier. That's what the Bible says. Can I read that again? It says this, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble. And by it, many become defiled. Which means it's just not you that's affected by it. Everybody around you gets affected by bitterness. You know why we're impure sometimes? It's because we haven't dealt with things like bitterness in our hearts. When you're bitter with a person, they are either affecting you or you are affecting them. One of those two have to happen. If you don't affect them, you will be defiled. The Bible says be sober-minded. Keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open. And to so many of us, the Bible is reminding us and God is reminding us today. I'm going to close with this. It says, flee. The Bible says sexual immorality, adultery, murder, theft. What does the Bible, how do we deal with sexual immorality? What does the Bible tell us? Does it say fight? Does it say war? Does it say use the word and go fight sexual? No, no, no. What does the Bible say that the Christian needs to do with sexual immorality? What? I heard it. It says flee. Someone say run. It says run. Well, why, brother? I can do it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No, you can't. That's why the Bible says run. You've tried. How did it work out last time? It didn't, right? How did it work out yesterday? Didn't, right? So the Bible says when you can, run. Because there are different stages in the Christian's life where there are stages that you are so, so, so prone to be attacked by the enemy and there are things like sexual immorality and adultery and evil thoughts and murder and, and theft and false witness and slander that come to the Christian and affect them. And, and God looks at us and says, when you got to run, run. Just run, flee. What do you mean, pastor? What do you mean? 
It says flee. There are other, other verses in the Bible. The Bible says flee from youthful lust. Flee from sexual immorality. Flee from idolatry. Someone say flee. But brother, well, how, how does that work? I'm, I'm strong in Christ. I'm more than a conqueror. No, no, no. Flee. Youthful lust, the lust for money. The, the desire for honor and recognition. People should praise me all the time. People should give me words of affirmation all the time. If I don't have words of affirmation, oh, I'm a, a, you know, I, I just lose it. The lust for power. The attraction and desire for another person or people. Impure fantasies, thoughts, immodesty, youth. The lust, the lust of the youth. That's what the Bible is. That, that's what the Bible says. What about sexual immorality? Oh, brother, I'm not, I'm not committing adultery. No, no, you may not, but you are, you, you, it covers a huge range of sins. That's what the Bible says. It's just not adultery. It could be homosexuality. It could be prostitution. It could be sex outside of marriage. It could be pornography. I said it. The Bible says what? Flee. Oh, brother, I got this. No, you don't. That's what the Bible says. Flee. Because you've tried it. And what's going to work for you is run. As soon as you see it, close it, run. As soon as you're encountered with it, as soon as you get the text, switch off your phone, run. As soon as that pop-up comes on your computer, run. Come on, am I talking to somebody today? As soon as you get that phone call, as soon as you see that the person's picture on social media, close it down, run. It's so quiet in here. But brother, the Bible says, resist and the devil will flee from you. Yeah, but you got to get to the point of resisting. See, that's what I'm saying. There are stages. The Christian always begins attacking temptation from the place where you flee from temptation. Run from temptation. When you start running and running and running and running and running and running, it becomes second nature to the point where you can automatically begin to resist it. You know how you resist it? Because you've lost interest for it. This is good. Okay? First, you run. Come on. You run. But you run and you run and you run and you run that becomes a behavior. And you learn how to run from it. That your mind is made up. That the next time it comes, you have enough power. You have enough integrity. You have enough strength to say no. That is when you resist and the enemy flees. If you didn't get that, I don't know what you're going to get today. Stand up to your feet with me. I want you to resist. I want you to fight back. But some of y'all are not ready. You're not ready as yet. You think you got it in you. And the world will call it fake it till you make it. Be like a Floyd Mayweather who just runs around the ring. Just avoids. <laughs> I can do it. No, sometimes you just got to avoid. <laughs> sometimes you just got to run around in circles. You know what I'm talking about, right? Anybody that's into boxing, you know what I'm talking about. Fake it till you make it. But that's not what the Bible's saying. Please don't fake it. Just be you. Just say, Lord, I can't. And it's okay to look at the Lord and say, God, I can't. I do the things that I don't want to do and the things that I should do. I don't do. God, what can I do? Run. Look at your neighbor and say, run. Flee. 
because it takes strength to say I'm going to have a pure heart. Thank you for listening. We love bringing you the word on so many different platforms. We are so thankful for what God is doing in and through us. We'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss out. And don't forget to share this message if it has blessed you.